0: I happen to be one of, I guess, thousands and thousands of people, who knows how many exactly, who for a period of time didn't have a cell phone connection. Now, while I was connected to the internet on my iPhone, I could get texts and emails, but once I got in the car, everything was off. And I have not had that experience for I can't remember when always have an ability to have contact and then you kind of go through the series of things that you think of that we kind of take for granted and i thought well is this a cyber attack at&t says no they uh were expanding their network and there was some technical issue as i mentioned with paul rasmussen there'll be an investigation about that but i thought we'd check in with ron layton and ron you know if marty was here and you know he's recouping at home, maybe listening because he knows you're on, he would say, one of the most insanely intelligent people I've ever met served for presidents, secret service, and cyber expert. That's Ron Layton.
1: Well, Larry, uh, thanks for the kind introduction, and thanks for having me back on KDKA.
0: So what were your thoughts before we knew that it wasn't a cyber attack in this case? Because it's become a daily occurrence on many levels, including local governments who have had to deal with it.
1: Yeah, so my immediate thoughts were, it, you know, this is AT&T. Um, the head of security of information security over AT&T is actually a friend of mine, uh, used to work for the intelligence community. So um, Rich was is in a position to know, um, based on his previous experiences, he, he would be in a position to know if this was foreign uh, threat actors or malware or something like that um and, and i i never really thought it never felt like that's the direction that we were going the early messages out of the white house out of uh, admiral kirby and others out of dhs and out of the bureau were that look we're aware of it and if something comes to our attention we'll certainly respond but it just never it never felt like that the, the other thing too was at&t is a behemoth they've got 47 percent of the market share do you know how many wireless uh subscribers they have. How many? Two hundred and twenty million. Oh wow. So we're looking at roughly the reported numbers are seventy thousand. And so it's obviously a, there's a ripple effect where you're going to get more than that. And cyber and phones, because it's more than just phones now. These things underpin our life, everything from banking to nine one one services to to being not being able to place an order at your pharmacy, um, can't do multi-factor authentication. So there are a lot of services that you cannot access. However, um, it never really felt like it was going to be something that was associated with a foreign threat actor because, for one thing, uh, if it was, it wasn't. They weren't very good. Out of 220 million, they affected roughly 100,000 people. And like I said, it just it just never felt like that. And for these cases, um, when you're doing things that are really complex, like a network expansion, it is most often something like a fiber optic cable was cut. Or, you know, AT&T, and uh, I think it was uh, Rich's shop, put a, a notification out that said it was the application of an execution of an incorrect process during a network expansion. It just sounds like human error. It sounds like misconfigured switches or routers or something like that. And, and most of the time in cyber, the vast majority of the glitches or hiccups are generated from coding errors or from just human error. So that I, I never thought that it was anything worse than that. Um, it is a stark reminder.
0: Well, I got to tell you, since I was one of those people who didn't have it, y- you start to feel uneasy. And then you realize how much of that, which you detailed, you take for granted thinking down the road, because I got rid of my landline at home like millions of other people did. And, you know, you, you're kind of left out in the cold. When you can't contact people in this day and age, you get anxiety. You you, you do. And, you know,
1: you've got people that are, one, that, you know, know where their kids are. Uh, you've got people who, um, they, they're in a, um, uh, they, they need medical assistance. Uh, people that are just trying to access general services. And the thing is, when you're isolated like that, it it may feel like the world's falling down. And that's what happens when you're out of communications. And again, it's one of these things that we take for granted, but it significantly underpins our fundamental way of life. And we we, just take it for
0: granted. Ron Layton, cybersecurity expert. And yesterday, Ron, the White House announced that they are spending $20 billion to Bolster our security, and part of that is cybersecurity. Is what to the average American should we feel better about that? Is or you know how this operates? What are they going to do? Yeah. So
1: every administration for the last twenty years has has done this or some iteration of this. Our infrastructure is is old. So the 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 Biden White House national strategy came out on March 2nd, 2023. There are two fundamental pillars, rebalancing the responsibility to defend cyberspace, um, which just means it's everybody's issue, not just one person, not just one organization, not just one aspect of government. The second pillar is realigning incentives for long-term investment, which really speaks to the ability to continue to invest in our cyber infrastructure. But I gotta tell you a quick story. Um, That for me, I I just it's really hard for the government, uh, at least in the short term, to make these types of changes because the vast majority of our infrastructure is not owned by the government. It's the private sector. And so now we're talking about business. We're talking about profit margins. And it's expensive to, to maintain your networks. Upgrades don't always work. Sometimes they crash your system. Here's the story. In 2002, roughly 20 years ago, I was a deputy director of the National Cybersecurity Division. The, the most common password in the United States was 1234.
0: <laughs> now,
1: listen, Larry, l- l- here's, here's the thing. Every time I hear about a new government program, here's what I think. Before we got on this morning, I Googled the most popular password in 2023. You wanna know what it was? One two two, three, four? Five, six. We've gotten more sophisticated. <laughs> oh, God. That's, you know what number three was? That's password. terrifying. Password. Well, yeah, so, so no matter how much money you put into to infrastructure, you've gotta put money and awareness into just general cyber hygiene. So we're not doing the fundamental blocking and tackling when it comes to just fundamentals of cybersecurity.
0: And that's the lesson for all of us. Change your password, by the way, especially if it's one, two, three, four, five, six, or password. Ron, always appreciate uh, your input and intellect and knowledge in this area. Uh, One thing's for sure. It's job security for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's always <laughs> enough of bad actors to keep us all employed.
0: <laughs> all right, man, have a great weekend. Thank you, and be well. Ron Layton on the Big K Morning Show. This is the Big K Morning Show. If you want to reach out, maybe send Marty a message. You can do that a number of ways. Get Marty Facebook and on X, and also you can use the smell key, instant access. Go to instantaccesskdkradio.com. That's the email address, and he will get your message and we will see it too. So instant access at kdkaradio.com is the way to get to Marty. And we appreciate Marty shared, and I think it's worth sharing again, Samantha, this video that he posted with his wife, Christine, because a lot of people have reached out and asked us, how's Marty doing with genuine concern? And along the way, he's posted a few videos and the one yesterday afternoon was pretty clever, right?
2: Oh, yeah. It was he, classic, Marty.
0: Because he had his wife, Christine Christine Sorensen, KDK TV anchor woman. How many guys can have an anchor woman read their notes l- onto the video? At one point it was Facebook Live. So we have the edited version so that he can, through Christine, bring you up to speed on how Marty Griffin's doing.
2: This is Christine. I am here with signs from Marty. Uh, He wrote this because he's not supposed to be talking. It says, Hi, I'm Marty. This is Christine. I've been sick as F. (coughs) I'm not allowed to talk. Christine is. Tell folks what happened to me. Please do not use the words show. (laughs) That won't be hard for me. So honey, tell folks how I'm doing. Um, He is doing much better. He was in the hospital on Saturday, came out Monday for a small tear in his throat and uh, pneumonia as a result of a complication from an endoscopy where they went to stretch his swallowing area. And now he is recovering at home from that. All right, next question. What is my treatment and when will I be back to work? The treatment is an antibiotic, an antifungal, some other medicines. and just voice rest, taking it easy, taking it slow, and he'll be back to work, not this week, not next week, so a week and a half after that. Honey, what about the cancer scare? We had a cancer scare. Yes, it was scary because um, they saw something they couldn't tell what it was. They don't think it's cancer. We'll have another follow-up in about two weeks to make sure that's not what it is. And the last one, aw, honey, I love you. Love you too, honey.
3: Love you all very much, and we're so grateful for all the the crazy feedback, right?
2: Thank you, everybody. You've been so kind and wanting to know how we're doing.
0: So you can check out uh, the videos on Get Marty Facebook and X. So that really tells the story, Sam, and I know you've gotten a lot of calls about it, too.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's best to hear, like, Christine explain it, you know, for Marty, because I feel like when people ask me, I'm like, he's all right, he's at home, you know. So you're really getting the right information.
0: All right, coming up, Roberto Clemente Jr. will join us live. I just confirmed uh, another big week for his late father and something that they're working on uh, nationally that I think especially Pittsburghers will want to hear about. That's coming up right after the news at the bottom of this hour with Paul Rasmussen. When's the last time, Sam, you've been to the eye doctor? You don't wear glasses or contacts, do you?
3: No, I was at the eye doctor uh, in December, I think.
0: Well, the next time you go to the eye doctor, you may not be seen by a doctor at all.
2: A new study from the New York Eye and Ear Infirmary of Mount Sinai is highlighting the potential of artificial intelligence.
3: Doctors found AI matched and sometimes exceeded the knowledge of seasoned ophthalmic specialists in diagnosing glaucoma and retina disorders. They say the tool could be a reliable assistant to eye specialists who often have a high volume of complex cases.
0: So you going to trust artificial intelligence, Sam?
3: I mean... My I'm always... Every time I go to the eye doctor, my eye doctor says that I am have the best performance of the day, so I'm...
0: Oh, you're an A student.
3: Yeah, because well, I have, you know, like 20-20 vision, so...
0: I get it. You know, nobody that I know is complaining about these warm temperatures we've had February, yeah, but there's always somebody who is complaining. And it's not just here complaining about early pollen.
2: The birds are out, the flowers and trees are blooming, and... <laughs>
1: We're sneezing. The warm weather is bringing out the pollen early this year. Dr. Christopher Chu with Atlanta Allergy and Asthma on what kind of allergy season we're facing. Early start and perhaps worse than last year. So it, the, the pain is coming. He says it's the trees that are blooming right now. If we have a cold snap, he said it could calm things down, but the pollen will just come back. Sabrina Cupid for CBS News Atlanta.
0: So add that to everything else. COVID, RSV, seasonal flu. What is that virus you had last week? Neurovirus. Neurovirus, pollen, pollen, ticks, bed bugs. Good morning. (laughs) Never gets old. Ever. Roberto Clemente's 3000th hit. And joining me is Roberto Clemente Jr. How are you doing this morning? I'm a little tired, Larry, but it's not your fault. I'm doing great, though. Doing great. Another big week for you and your brothers uh, in memory of your dad down in Bradenton, obviously spring training home of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and tell people what happened this week.
3: Well, you know, a, another accolade, another namesake um, that uh, this one was very special. Uh, These road Uh, renaming uh, there at Pirate City, connecting, um, you know, that road that we all traveled uh, as a very young uh, boys. And I traveled as a young man, uh, going to college, uh, staying in Pirate City, living in Pirate City. Um, But the history of why Pirate City existed, um, you know, was brought to light uh, even further because of you know, the racism that my father endured during the travels in Florida and spring training uh, really led uh, the team to have a place for the players to be able to stay together uh, and be able to train together and eat together, sleep together. So, uh, in the same, same hotel. And, and that's what happened.
0: You know, so we're you, very excited. You bring up a how very how good point, thing. Roberto, and that is people forget the challenges that your dad and, and many other players of color dealt with even back then, which is all that, you know, it's not so long ago in this country, uh, but you tend to forget those things. And that makes his achievements and accomplishments even greater. And the fact that after all these years, and I understand Steve Blass was there and he said, a pirate for life, that he and your dad uh, came for the very first spring training the Pirates had in Bradenton. Yeah,
3: 1969. Um, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's amazing how, what a wonderful place it became uh, for the team, uh, for dad to be able to be in a safe place, not to worry about anything but baseball and, and hopefully, hopefully bring a championship to Pittsburgh. And that was the mission of the team. But uh, that was a special place. It was a special day for us to to be there um, you know the commissioners did a great job the pirates as well as always uh, but it was a great day it was really really an emotional day because of what it meant uh, all these roads and streets all over the, the country and world but this one in particular uh, just like the one at the house in Puerto Rico is a special one
0: we're with Roberto Clemente Jr and I want to thank Elliot Falcione the executive director of the convention of visitors Bureau in Bradenton uh, he is a a tremendous promoter of all things good in that region and number one would be your dad's influence. And that said, uh you I understand through Elliot are working on another initiative about maybe a special coin uh, that would be released nationally, right?
3: That is correct. Uh, well, if a US Mint. Um right now it's up uh, for for voting uh the the coin uh, will be out uh, circulating in 2026. That's where the spot is uh, for that year. So we're, we're very confident uh, that it will pass. Uh, I think that the, the signs are pretty good that uh, it will pass and hopefully have a Clemente coin in 2026.
0: I know I related this story. It was so cool to be at Roberto Clemente Night years ago at PNC Park. You and your mom was still with us. And Neil Walker hit a home run over the Roberto Clemente wall on Roberto Clemente night, his 21st of that season. And for those that don't know, his late father, Tom, a friend of mine who just passed uh, due to pancreatic cancer, uh, told me the story about he and your father being friends and your dad telling him before they left on the flight no, you stay, Tom. Go to the New Year's Eve party. Your your dad did that for him. And I remember what an emotional, amazing evening that was. Just one of the many that I know your family has shared.
3: You know, there's a, there's a project. And I know you're going to be calling me to get on, watch it comes out next month. But uh, there's a new documentary, uh, Larry, that we're very, very excited about. And it'll be announced next, next month uh actually in, the, in a week or two two weeks will be announced so uh, we'll be talking about this documentary because it, it really lays out um you know we've had we've had so many documentaries done but this one obviously brand new and more things that people don't know about but yes uh you know that uh that was very had a mystical life and things like that with uh the walkers uh that was uh an amazing story uh that was who he was he didn't want uh, Tom to get on uh, on that on that plane, and thank God that he didn't, uh, because we would have never had that story, and, and Neil, and, 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 I mean, amazing family uh, story. So, I mean, there's so many things and so many layers of his life that uh, it's going to take a long time, uh, including the movie uh, that uh, we're also, we've been talking about a movie for 50 years.
0: I know. I was just going to ask you, Roberto, when are we getting the movie 21? <laughs>
3: listen so so you know we announced uh it was probably 7 years ago with uh legendary uh when we signed with legendary finally we I mean we went through disney we went through many many uh of the movie houses that wanted the film but they never uh, uh pulled the trigger right so uh thomas Tall, uh after selling um legendary he himself said the only project that i'm coming back for is the clemente project that's the only one i want out of out of this and that's what he did
0: outstanding he went
3: back and got it so so we so i you know i was happy to hear that he 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 still wants to get it done and we're going to get it done so sooner rather i mean at some point larry there will be a clemente film out there i've been waiting in the meantime enjoy the documentary
0: well what, make sure, well, I'd love to have you back when you're ready to announce the details of the documentary and then follow up with the movie but uh, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate you and I want people to know the apple didn't fall too far. Roberto you helped me with our Cancer Society, American Cancer Society golf outing many times and you continue to do so many charitable works so we love you and uh, I My can't pleasure. wait to love see you. the documentary. Wow. Yes. No. We Actually,
3: you and I are going to watch it together. How's that? We're going to have a screening here in Pittsburgh. Uh, also, we're going to have one in Puerto Rico. Uh, we'll be in Austin next next month, but we're going to do, do it right here in Pittsburgh, and it, it'll be a, a great day to be able to premiere the, the documentary here in the city.
0: Roberto Clemente Jr., now batting number 21. All right, partner, have a great weekend. Thank you. Likewise. Coming up right after the news at the top of the hour with Paul Rasmussen, we'll be joined by our own Shelby Cassese, in part, talk about phone dependency. Got a little wake-up call, many of us yesterday, for sure. And over the weekend, you're going to hear a lot about this. This may be Nikki Haley's last stand. Here's CBS's Anne-Marie Green.
2: The South Carolina Republican primary takes place tomorrow and it could be Nikki Haley's last stand in her quest to be the GOP presidential nominee. The former governor of South Carolina faces an uphill battle against Donald Trump, but Haley is vowing to campaign through Super Tuesday. Christian Benavides is in Columbia, South Carolina.
4: Nikki Haley remains defiant despite growing calls from Trump and his allies for her to drop out. Still, uh, she has a tough road ahead with polling showing her trailing former President Trump by about 30 points in her own home state. Former President Donald Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley facing off this Saturday in her home state.
2: This is the time South Carolina can really step up.
4: On the campaign trail yesterday, Haley touted a new poll showing she has a better chance of defeating President Biden than Trump.
2: Donald Trump can't win a general election. Look at any of the polls.
4: But heading into this Saturday's contest, Trump has a commanding lead over Haley among likely GOP voters. Trump is so far ahead of her, she has no chance. If you don't carry your home state, you're going to have a tough time winning down the road. Haley has also faced scrutiny in recent days over comments regarding an Alabama Supreme Court ruling, which granted frozen embryos used in in vitro fertilization the same rights as children.
2: We need to make sure that embryos are protected. I personally believe an embryo is a baby.
4: In Battleground, Michigan, Vice President Kamala Harris also addressed the IVF decision, blaming former President Trump.
1: The previous president of the United States was clear in his intention to handpick three Supreme Court justices who would overturn the protections of Roe v. Wade. That's what got us to this point today.
0: I took
4: historic action to protect the unborn. Yesterday in Tennessee, Trump did not address the IVF ruling. South Carolina has an open primary, so Nikki Haley is counting on more moderate voters to turn out to help her pull off an upset.